Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you have had a good break and a good Christmas period. And I'm excited to share with us today something that I really believe the Lord has given me to share. I'm excited. I, I really am. I think sometimes the Word of God that we share from the pulpit is it's just meat and potatoes. It's just food that builds us up and makes us strong for daily life, and that's great. But there are times when there's a word that I think is uh, a favorite, one of those you want to just mark as a favorite that you want to just keep forever, and I believe the Lord has given me one of those today for us. I was reading when Joshua and the Israelites were standing on the edge of the Promised Land. They're right on the edge of the Jordan River, looking over the Jordan River, this big river flowing past them, and there is the Promised Land, right in front of them. And there's all these millions of people, and they're ready to go in, and all the history of the last 40 or more years is with them. They've carried it. Many of those who had come out of Egypt have died in the wilderness. They weren't faithful, and so they've died in the wilderness. There's a new generation ready to go in, and there's all of this emotion and history with them. All the past, all the wonders God has done, the cloud and the fire and the manna and, and the parting of the Red Sea and all those miracles are with them. But then they're looking ahead and over the Jordan, there's the promised land. All the promises that God had spoken, a land flowing with milk and honey. You will inherit vineyards you didn't plant and houses you didn't build and the Lord will bless you. You'll have dew and all the blessing of the Lord. And they can see the promised land, but they can also see there's giants and there's cities and fortified cities. There's Jericho over there. So there's challenges ahead, the past, the future. They're at a crossroad. They're at a, a border. And Joshua stands up and he says to the people in Joshua 3 verse 5, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I just want to focus on that verse today. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I want you to imagine that you are a little Israelite boy or girl, maybe a teenager, You've been born and grown up in the wilderness and you're standing there on the edge. You know all the history. You've heard your parents and grandparents talking about this. You know all about how important this is and you know the risks ahead as well as the rewards. And then Joshua says to you, sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So you hear the second bit of the verse, the Lord will do wonders among me, among us. Awesome promises, God's power, lovely, bring it on. But then you focus on that one little word, sanctify yourself. And suddenly you start thinking, what on earth is Joshua asking me to do? Joshua says, I must sanctify myself because God is going to do wonders. Does that mean that the wonders are dependent on how sanctified I am? Does that mean that there's certain rituals that I have to do? And if I don't do every little one of the rituals, then I won't succeed. God won't do the wonders. The giant will get me, but he won't get my brother next to me because my brother sanctified himself better than, he's, than I did. 
And tomorrow the Lord's going to do these wonders. How am I going to get sanctified enough in one day? What about all the bad things I did yesterday, this morning, last week, last year? All the bad things I've done, all these 40 years or 20 years I've been alive in the wilderness, whatever it is. How am I going to get sanctified enough to make up for all the bad things that I've done? And now you're standing there or sitting there looking at me and saying, that's very interesting, that, that's great, but how is that relevant to me? Friend, it's relevant to you. And it's relevant to me. Every single time you stand before the Lord and you say, Lord, I want you to do something, a little voice in you says, but are you sanctified enough? And then you say, well, what do I need to do to get sanctified enough? How, how can I get the blessing of the Lord on my finances? How can I get the health of the Lord on my family? How can I get the blessing of the Lord on this new business, this new marriage, this new year, this new whatever it is? How do I do it? And we stand there just like the Israelite boy and we say, I want to sanctify myself, but I'm confused. Does it depend on how sanctified I am? And if it does, what do I do? And unfortunately, my brothers and sisters, religiousness in other words, much of what happens in the Christian world around, around the globe, much of what is said and done in churches, takes the wrong approach to this. We take people and we say to them, God will bless you if you are sanctified enough. If you do the right rituals, if you say the right things, if you give enough money, if you obey the rules as I interpret the rules, if you know enough of these little verses and truths, then God will sanctify you. And so people run around like a mouse on a treadmill, trying, trying, trying. Can I know enough? Can I do enough? Can I be enough? And then someone stands up and says, ah, I've just discovered a new truth in the Word of God. It's another rule for you to obey. And if you obey this rule, then you'll be sanctified enough. And so we look for that rule. Have I done that rule? Have I, have I prayed in this way? Have I said the right formula? Have I listened to this amazing new truth that this preacher says, which is actually just another rule for me to obey? And I just want to share with you a wonderful truth today. That in the Old Testament, as well as in the New Testament, the idea of sanctify yourself, please hear me, brothers and sisters, was not to earn the blessing, was not to earn the favor, was not to earn the miracles, the victories, the promises. God had already provided the blessing, the victory, the, the miracles. All that we're doing when we sanctify ourselves and all that God intended when he said sanctify yourself was for us to get our heart and mind in line with what God was doing. That was the purpose of it. Right from the beginning. But unfortunately, many in the Old Testament, many of the Jews took these rules, these sanctifying rules that were supposed to just focus my heart and mind on, on God and how much I needed it and how good he is. Instead of allowing it to focus me on God, I started looking at myself and have I obeyed all the little rules? And so Jesus comes to the Pharisees in the New Testament and he says, you, woe to you Pharisees, you keep all the little requirements of the rules of the law. 
You, you tithe on every bit you get in. You, you pay a tithe to God. Of, even when you grow some, some herbs in your garden, you take a bit of that and you tithe meticulously, but you've forgotten what it's all about. Mercy, justice, faith, love. He says you should have done both. You should have done the, the sanctifying sacrifices, but they should have pointed you to what's in your heart and what God has done. And then you would have found the truth. Isn't that interesting? So let me just tell you a little bit about what this word sanctify means. It's an amazing word. It's sometimes translated consecrate. Have you ever heard the word consecrate? I remember I was working in a church once and they were talking about moving building. They were saying, we're going to leave this building. We're going to go to a new church building. We're going to have a new premises. And, they, and somebody, actually one of the elders in the meeting said, but this is a consecrated building, and that's not a consecrated building. How on earth are we going to do this? We can have church in a building that's not consecrated, and, and this one's consecrated. And I just thought to myself, oh no, we've missed the whole point. It's not about bricks and mortar and physical things. But let's look at consecrate. So the first time this word appears in the Bible is Genesis 2 verse 3. It says, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So God set aside a day and he said, it's like all the other days, but this day I'm setting apart as holy and for me. So what does that mean? He was saying that one day is not better than any other day. It's not different. It's not special. It's a day when you focus. If you, if you set apart a day, it makes you focus on God and be grateful for what he's done. Again, some people get all tied up on the rule. Have you kept the right day? Have you done the right day in the right way and the right thing? Have you not expended too much energy on the right day? And Jesus said, the Sabbath is for man. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And then Hebrews 3 and 4 says, we as Christians enter a whole rest life of Sabbath. Our whole life is a Sabbath rest. It was a shadow of the things to come. It was a, a way of setting apart a day to Focus our minds on God. The next time it appears, Exodus 13 verse 2. God says, consecrate or sanctify to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. <coughs> so God said, every firstborn male of an animal and of, and of a human belongs to me. It must be consecrated or set apart for me. And then there were ways of doing this. So if it was an unclean animal, then you uh, would redeem it with money. You would say, we've just had a, a baby, whatever, rabbit, born in, our, born in our house. So we're giving it to the Lord, but we're going to put it, it in money value, and we're going to give that to the Lord. If it was a clean animal, you would sacrifice it. If it was a sheep or something like that, you would sacrifice the firstborn to the Lord. If it was a human, you would either redeem it with money or you would sacrifice an animal in its place. But basically what you're doing is you're saying the firstborn belongs to the Lord as a way of focusing us and saying, thank you, God, for giving us life and blessings we give back to you. Not, not because it earns us anything, but a way of focusing us on what goodness God has given us. And then it came to the first fruits of the, of the crops. And every income, they would give the first fruits to the Lord to consecrate or sanctify the whole amount. So in Romans 11, verse 16, it says, If 
the first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, the whole tree is holy. Basically, the way you give a little bit and consecrate a bit to the Lord means you're realizing the whole thing is the Lord's. God in His kindness says, you don't have to give it all to me. Just give a portion, and if your heart is right, then all of it is mine. Exodus 19, verse 10, they're about to go up and get the Ten Commandments. And it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes. And then he goes on to say a, a few other rules. But basically, they consecrated themselves. They set themselves apart. They abstained from pleasures and food and various other things. They washed their clothes. And then the Jews extended this to washing their bodies as a part of consecration. They would have ceremonial washings and that would be their way of saying, God, I'm setting myself apart for you. I'm realizing your goodness and I'm setting myself apart from you. Exodus 29 verse 43. God's talking about the tabernacle. He says, and there I will meet with the children of God and the tabernacle will be sanctified by my glory. God says, when my glory comes down on the tabernacle, it'll be set apart. It'll be a holy thing. It'll be something from the other world, from the supernatural world, breaking into this world. It'll be sanctified. And then Leviticus 25 verse 10. God's talking about the 50th year, the Jubilee year. And he says, you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. And it shall be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his possession. And each of you shall return to his family. God says every 50 years, there's a year where all debts are cancelled. Everybody who's a slave gets set free. You, if you've lost any of your property, it comes back to you. An incredible year. The, the fields don't get planted and yet they produce crops. It's just an amazing thing. And God says that's a consecrated year. It's a year set aside. So you see there's this element of sanctify or consecrate where God says you put a little portion and the whole thing gets blessed. But again, people got all hung up on the rules and they thought, have I given the right portion? Have I done enough? Have I obeyed every little jot and tittle, every letter of the law? Have I done it exactly right? Because they're thinking that they're doing all the little things are what earn the blessing. And God says, you can never earn the blessing. Imagine a, a Jew on the edge of the Jordan River about to go into the promised land. He's got one day to sanctify himself of all the bad things he's ever done in order to earn the blessing of going into a promised land where there's massive, horrible giants and they want to kill him and he's going to need a miracle of the Lord to invade this land and he's thinking, what on earth can I do in this one day to sanctify myself properly in order to earn the blessing that I'm going to get? And you know what would have gone through his mind if he was a genuine person who was honest with himself? He would have said, I can never sanctify myself enough. That's what he would have said. I can never pay for all the bad things I've done. I can never do enough now to make up for all that bad stuff or to earn the miracle that I need to get, first of all, get through this Jordan River. God's going to have to part the river for me. I can't earn that. Then there's giants, there's Jericho, there's walled cities, there's all these things that I'm going to have to overcome. I can't do it. And friend, my message to you today is the same as God's message in the Old Testament. 
He says, I don't desire sacrifices, but I He says, I don't desire sacrifices, but I desire mercy. I desire mercy. And he says it again and again and again in the Old Testament. It's about a heart attitude. David in Psalm 51. There's many times where this is quoted, but I'm just going to read you one or two. Psalm 51. David has sinned. And he says, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These are God you will not despise. David understood it. Many in the Old Testament understood it. The, the chapter he, uh, Hebrews 11 talks about the heroes of the faith. And they're all Old Testament heroes who understood faith that the sacrifices are just to push me to realize my own weakness, God's goodness, and my need for a Savior. And they all looked in faith ahead to this amazing provision, this promise of a Savior that was to come. And so an Israelite standing on the Jordan would have said, God, I can't sanctify myself enough. But I'm grateful, I'm humble, I'm needy, and I'm trusting in you, God, and I'm coming close to you, God. He would have done a portion that would have reached into the supernatural realm and pulled God's supernatural blessing into the physical realm. And he would have realized his own weakness. What does it mean for you and I, friends? I'm just going to read a couple of passages. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me just read a few verses, not the whole thing. Hebrews chapter 10. For the law, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Verse 6, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. That's Jesus speaking. And then listen to Hebrews 10, verse 10. By that will, by Jesus dying on the cross, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Let me just read that verse to you again. Hebrews 10 verse 10. By that will we have been sanctified, consecrated, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I'll say it again. In the Old Testament, they were looking forward in faith. When God said to them, sanctify yourself and honest Israelite would have said, I can never be good enough. I can never earn it. A, a blood of a bull can't pay for my sin. But I understand I'm looking forward to the day when Jesus dies, pays for my sin, and supernaturally enough of heaven is released to give me the power to overcome sin and all the problems in the world. And sanctify yourself for them would have meant a heart change, a contrite heart, a heart of faith and trust. The same for us, but we're looking backwards. By one sacrifice, Jesus has sanctified us for all time. Now, why is this relevant? Because, Christian, if you're honest with me, how many times have you woken up in the morning 
and thought, oh God, I've got a big interview, I've got an exam, I've got a this, I've got a that. Let me sanctify myself. Let me consecrate myself. At the beginning of a new year, let me consecrate this year. At the beginning of a month, let me consecrate this month for my finances. I'm going to give so that I can get. I hope I'm not offending you. But I have to be honest with you, Fred. The problem is, the problem is that we don't look deeply enough at this word sanctify. We think sanctify. Okay, okay, if I just do this, 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 say these words, say the Lord's Prayer, do this little thing, pay this amount of money, then I've done the job and I've earned enough and God will pour out His blessing. And we just don't think enough to think, but can I really earn God's blessing? Can I really be good enough? Can I pray and fast and give and cry enough to make up for all my sin and to earn God's blessing? Could I? And then we think, oh, well, I don't really understand it. It's this vague, fuzzy logic of, of God. And, oh, well, I'll just do my best and just trust. I'm, surely if I'm good enough, I'll earn it. And on a daily basis, friends, not just at the beginning of every year, but on a daily basis, you and I fall into the trap again and again and again and again of thinking, I can sanctify myself enough to earn what God is going to do. And the message of the New Testament resounding, echoing louder and louder on every page of the New Testament is we cannot earn God's blessing. We cannot earn His salvation. We can never be good enough. We can never do it. No matter how much you give, try, struggle, effort, by the works of the law, no man can be justified. We just can't do it. So what do we do? Do we just... Chuck in the towel and say, oh, well, I'm just going to relax and sit back and float on a cushion, on a, on a cloud, and oh, well, God will do it. No, no, we still, just like in the Old Testament, we still sanctify ourselves. We still get our hearts in a place of humility, of, of realizing our need, of trusting in God's promises, of looking at His goodness. But... The most important thing. We still go through all that heart exercise of sanctifying. But the most important thing is, are you looking at your own effort to earn anything? Or are you looking at what God has already done in Jesus? And it's not a small distinction. <laughs> it's not a small thing. You say, Greg, that's just playing with words. Friends? In Galatians 3 and Galatians 5, Paul says you've been alienated from Christ if you're trying to obey the law to earn God's blessing. You've fallen away from grace. Christ will profit you nothing if you think that by doing a little ritual and doing enough, then you've earned something. <coughs> I'll give you an example. I need to preach on a Sunday morning. I could get up on Sunday morning and I could say, God, I didn't prepare much. I've been bad this week. I shouted at the dog and the kid and the wife. <laughs> I know I'm not a good enough speaker. But in this next half an hour, I am going to sanctify myself so that I'm a vessel, pure and holy, for you to use me. And if I think that my effort in that half an hour is enough 
then I've missed the whole boat. If I'm trusting in what I am doing in that, I mean, I could flagellate myself with a whip. I could fast for 20 days. I could, I could give all my money away. It still wouldn't be enough. Because God's gift is so precious, I could never earn it. And my sin is so heinous, I could never pay for it. But then do I just not bother to sanctify myself? No, I still do. But I'm looking at Him and what He's done. And I'm saying, God, thank you, Jesus, that by one sacrifice, you've sanctified me forever. And I let that humility and that brokenness come out of my heart. And in that instant, the, the blessing that God purchased for me on the cross becomes real in my whole life. Have I earned it? No. I've just received it. Can I give you an example? Imagine I came up to you with the keys of a brand new Lamborghini worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. Brother, here it is. The keys of the Lamborghini. If you had any sanity and normality in your mind, you would say, wow, thank you. You'd probably cry and say, I don't deserve this. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's sanctifying yourself. That's receiving the gift and letting it penetrate into your heart and your will and your mind and every part of you. It affects all of you. You come out with a, a, an attitude of humility and gratefulness and trust and joy. That's sanctify yourself. But imagine I came to you and you said, Whoa, look at, look at, how, I'm, look at how good I am at taking this key. Look, look at how my hand grabs the key from Greg and takes it. Oh man, I'm doing such a good job. I'm so good at receiving this gift. Uh, there's something great about the way that I took that key. I'm awesome. I took the key in the right way. I obeyed all the rules of taking the key. And man, look, I've earned this Lamborghini. What an idiot you'd be. All you did was you gratefully received it but your heart was changed and moved in the process. Friends, at the beginning of this year, you and I stand on the edge of the Jordan, and we're looking ahead, and there's some trepidation. God's given us promises, some awesome promises. For you as an individual, for us as a church, for the worldwide body of Christ, there are some awesome promises, some great things ahead, and God's promises in His Word are so fantastic but now you have a choice. Are you going to try and earn it? Are you going to try and sanctify yourself? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to pray this. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do this, 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 this. And then I'm going to be such an awesome person who receives the key from God. Or are you going to sanctify yourself in the way we should, which says, thank you, God. I could never earn this, but I look at what you've done. I look at your, grateful, your great gift and look how it changes my heart. I become humble, grateful, full of faith, full of joy. Then God's blessing will be released in your life. And not just at the beginning of the year, but every day of your life, in every situation of your life, every time you try to do anything for the Lord, you must remember this lesson. Sanctify is a heart thing. I'm just going to close with Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, brothers, in view of the mercy of God, Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable worship. 
Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to know what is good, perfect, and pleasing will is. He says, in view of God's mercy, put your body on the altar as a sacrifice. In view of God's mercy. I don't put my body on the altar of sacrifice to earn anything. It's in view of what He's already given me. Look at what Jesus did. Because He sacrificed, because He's sanctified me, He's made me perfect forever. When I come to preach on a Sunday morning, in view of what God has done, I put my body on the altar as a living sacrifice. I say, God, here I am. That's the right response to seeing what God has done. It's saying, God, everything I have is yours. Everything I am is yours. But then he says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Again, our legalistic minds click in and we say, oh, I've got to be holy and acceptable. No, no. Your body is already holy and acceptable to God. You say, but you don't know the sin that I did. You don't know how faithless I've been. You don't know how weak, how miserable, how rubbish, how this and that. God says, in view of the mercy of God, your body is holy and acceptable to God. When you get that, God's blessing is flowing and released into your life. And then all we have to do is be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We allow that sanctification that's already in our hearts to flow out by renewing our minds. It flows into every part of our lives. So Hebrews 10 verse 10 said, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 14 says, By one offering He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy or being sanctified. By one sacrifice He's made you perfect forever, but now it's working itself out in the rest of your life. It's already perfect in your spirit and your heart. But now you're being made holy in every area of your life as you remain in this attitude of gratitude, humility, faith, trust, love. It starts to work out. As you renew your mind, your whole life, your emotions, your will, your body, your health, your finances, your family, everything starts to get affected by this holiness that's already in you. Friends, I'm challenging you at the beginning of this year and every day of your life. Start the day by sanctifying yourself, not to earn anything, but to see what God's already done and let those blessings just flow. And you'll be amazed. This is a, this is a, a life lesson that we can never afford to forget. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.